Hello everyone, it's 6 o'clock on Sunday evening, time for us to have our Bible study. We'll welcome those of you from around the world onto our podcast. We'll welcome our friends on Facebook who tune in now or tune in later. Uh, Tonight we're going to understand the two models of faith and we're going to understand when we come out of this, probably take us two sessions, but we're going to understand why. Uh, the way we've tried to operate and generate faith has not uh, accomplished what it is that faith was supposed to accomplish. We're going to have a look at that. We're going to understand it tonight. I want to welcome all of you from both uh, Lift Him High Radio, the YouTube, uh, the podcast, and Facebook. I want to say to you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, fmc.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. Uh, let's have a word of prayer, then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand. What the Word of God says to us, then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us through the Holy Ghost. Show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We'll receive it and reveal it to your people. As we reveal it to your people, we'll be corrected, we'll be translated and transferred into a new kingdom, brought into correction, brought into a deeper understanding of truth. I pray that you do it all now in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. So tonight we're going to do a little bit of a compare and contrast on the two models of faith. Uh, you probably were even not even unaware that there were two models of faith, but we're going to show you those two models of faith tonight. I made that statement um, in a prior podcast, and I want to come back and I want to make you help you understand what it is I'm referring to when I'm talking about two types of, uh, of faith models that are expressed that deal with different things. First look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. As we know, the earthy operations of Jesus Christ were completed under these names, Christ, the victoriously anointed one who was resurrected from the dead and became the righteousness of God, and we became the righteousness of God because of that, and Jesus. Jesus was the sacrifice, and as the sacrifice, he was uh, highly ranked, he was burdened in his flesh by the sin of the world. The sin was upon his flesh as he was buried in the tomb. The flesh bound with sin placed there. Of course, we know that the second work of salvation occurred and his spirit was preserved. Then he proceeds to the region of the damned and there he retrieves the keys of death and hell. While he is there, all of the sin nature that was deposited in him went back to its rightful destination. So he comes from hell as the victoriously anointed Christ He's robed in righteousness. His body is glorified by the righteousness of which uh, he has now been robed in that righteousness. 
He has by the force of his actions made a way for man to follow him into being made the righteousness of God that is only done in him. Now look at verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. He is grace and he is truth. He was sent and came to minister to us under grace and truth. As he came as Jesus Christ, who ministered both grace and truth, and of which we can find in him to be applied into our world. We, he came and was sent to be the one who would be, we were who, through whom we would be able to apply grace, and truth would be the balance mechanism as to the, the actual application of grace being done successfully. So grace is released for us to be applied to the places where we have found Him completing a work in the earth that will allow us to do these three things, be saved, die to the flesh, and then deposit our old nature and be risen together with Him. What is the means of appropriating these works of Jesus Christ? The measure of faith that is used by a believer to appropriate the application of grace directly to the express need. The application of faith is going to be weighted by this mechanism of truth. So, number one, I needed to be forgiven of my sins. Grace was applied. Faith was appropriated. Belief uses grace or faith uses grace to accomplish the works. The Holy Spirit identifies with the faith that grace has been applied in fact and the divine side of God says yes, that is just. The Holy Spirit then takes grace and replicates the work of forgiveness and heals the spirit of the believer. The believer follows Jesus into the tomb. Here, the same expression is completed as grace and faith operate to allow the Holy Spirit to again replicate the work of Jesus Christ upon the body of man or the flesh of man, and we die. The flesh is crucified. Then we also operate as a believer who is following Jesus Christ, and we follow him into the region of the damned where our sin nature is deposited. How did it happen? Grace was applied. Faith allocated grace. The Holy Spirit truth stepped in and said, yes, this is a just application. Faith has caused it to be so. And the Holy Spirit replicates the action of Jesus upon the life of a believer. Here, a brand new work is now established in the believer. He leaves the issues that were once the earthy issues of the body, soul, and spirit as they are attracted to the works of the earth. Now remember, sin, the flesh, and the sin nature are the earthy attractions that your old spirit man, your old flesh, and your old soul always gravitated to. They are the works that man is delivered from. They are what we call and what Paul called the earthy works. 
These works have a designated faith that is produced in us as a gift by God for man to use to overcome these deeds that were sin, the flesh, and the sin nature. So the gift of faith is provided for a believer to couple with grace and apply grace to the need of forgiveness of sins. Hi, Mary and Lorraine. Grace will be produced in each of the three of the actions. They'll be completed by Jesus. These are all appropriated by the operation of faith. This is a gift of God distinctly, distinctly for the three actions that Jesus completed on this side, on the earth side. The gift of faith is developed as the believer learns of Christ. As he learns, he follows. As he follows, faith grows. Faith in the earthy works of Jesus Christ will always, always have to marry with grace. And grace will have to be applied to the actions of Jesus Christ. As faith marries grace, the condition of which Jesus accomplished is revealed as truth justifies the application of grace. And the Holy Spirit then replicates the actions of Jesus Christ in the believer. Faith, the gift of God, is accomplishing these actions as the Holy Spirit completes the replication of forgiveness, preservation, and deliverance, the first three works of salvation. The gift of God is provided so that man, who was a sinner, who was engulfed in the works of the flesh and under the dominion of the sin nature, can complete an action that Jesus Christ completed on the earth side of his life. These actions accomplished in the earth by Jesus were completed so that man could solve each of these attachments to his fallen side. Using the, this gift of faith, one who believes can have a new nature and that new nature can be exposed in them. They can come into the force of the power of righteousness. And of course, that being in Christ Jesus. Now, if we believe that we can be saved, if we understand Paul that we can die to the flesh, if we understand, Paul, that we can be risen with Christ Jesus, thereby eliminating and burying our, or de de uh, depositing our sin nature in hell, then we further have to understand that the works that Jesus accomplished on this side were that he gave us to be, because we followed him, to become the righteousness of God. This faith will operate well, but it will only operate in this world and it will only operate with regard to earthy things that are particularly identified as your sin, your flesh, and your sin nature. That faith is particularly identified in the earthy things. It has a definite relationship with grace in these works. The gift is developed as it hears and learns of the accomplishments of Jesus Christ. Of course, those accomplishments are done on his earth life, in his earth ministry. So when Paul says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, he is exposing the development of one who is learning of Jesus Christ. Our modern theology wants us to lump all of the works of Jesus Christ 
into one place. And that is always the cross. The supposition is that we come to the cross and all of the works that are necessary for our spiritual wealth, our spiritual ability, and our spiritual location all just naturally occur. But we fail to realize, we fail to realize, now listen carefully, all of the works that Jesus Christ accomplished did not just naturally occur on the cross. He had to journey to each and every location on the way back to being the man in the Godhead bodily. There was no location that was going to be left out and the Holy Ghost was going to make sure of it. That's why the eternal spirit followed him along the way. The Holy Ghost followed him along the way to make sure that everything he did was organized specifically. Everything he did was done absolutely so that when he got done with what he did on this side, on the earth side, he would cross the bridge of grace, be led by truth into the spirit world, and there he would function in even deeper ways to make it so that we could come from the cross and proceed all the way to the throne room where he sits at the right hand of majesty. Paul told us that in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. So our journey must be that we, along with Paul, follow him. It also is that as we journey with Paul, we are taught as he taught those who followed him. In the actions of Jesus Christ on this earthy side, we must have and use and experience, express if you will, a specific type of faith that can be used by us to express our belief, accommodate our beliefs, and to appropriate our beliefs into the actions of Jesus Christ. Then, using this specific faith as the gift of God, we can receive the replications of what the Holy Spirit is able to do in our inner man, in our soul, and in our flesh. Here is the key to the gift of faith that we see in Ephesians 2.8. It has its emphasis on accomplishing the works of the actions of Jesus Christ that must be done in, on, and upon the three sides of man that were created. These three sides, the spirit, soul, and body, must be dealt with and must be refocused in their earthly renderings. They must be forgiven and healed, they must be preserved, and they must be delivered from what? The earthly activities before they can ever have the intention of operating in the spirit world. Of course, the first act that the gift of the spirit addresses and changes, well, it's the spirit. Here, by faith, we apply grace and we're saved. Second, the gift of faith deals with the body that is committing the sin. This is known as the flesh. Here, applied grace and the gift of faith cause the body to die to the acts of sin that are done by the flesh. Third, the gift of faith, when attached or applied by grace, eliminates the sin nature from our soulish realm 
As we can see, the gift of faith that's operating through applied grace settles all of our attachments and all of our attractions to the old man of sin. The body that desires to satisfy itself, the soul that has the mind, will, and emotion that attaches to how the body makes it feel. In other words, it solves the issues concerning earthly attachments and earthly attractions. We don't want to believe that. We don't want to receive that. We don't want to operate in the faith that makes that occur. We want to build doctrines and ideas. We want to give intellectual thought that says we don't ever have to come out of the earthy. We can live in the earthy and God will accept us. But my friend, grace provides a bridge that leads us out of the earthy and into the spiritual. When we walk across this border and begin to experience the righteousness of God that, in Christ, that is in Christ Jesus, our faith model changes. We no longer require the operation of the gift of faith to be used to educate us concerning how grace has been applied to us in our spirit, soul, and body. We now walk into a new place with respect to faith. Faith is now operated on a completely different level. Why? Because we're no longer operating it on the earthly level. We're operating it on the spiritual level. Since we become citizens of a kingdom, the use of faith becomes kingdom faith. So what is kingdom faith? Is it faith that operates the way God does things? Well, here's what I want to tell you first. Earthy faith cannot operate in the way God does things. Earthy faith cannot operate in the God kind of faith. There is no connection between earthy faith and the faith of God. Each of them operate upon completely different things, completely different ways, and on completely different levels. Earthy faith operates upon you, and it is involved with your development. Earthy faith, coupled with grace, leads you in a quest to control you. It leads you to die. It leads you to bring and maintain yourself under subjection. This faith has its role, and it must be understood. If you have accomplished these conditions, then the gift of faith in the measure that it was given has accomplished its work. Now notice this. The gift of faith solves the things that man requires. He needs a connection with faith, that will allow him to apply grace using faith to appropriate it and then connect him with God. Once that faith completes its job effectively, the follower goes into a new location. The follower becomes spiritual. Here, faith will be forced to function differently. Why? Because we no longer require the work of faith that is done with the concept of changing our spirit, soul, and body. We have now come into the righteousness of God. When we come into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, our spirit, soul, and body must become coming correctly or we will never garner that position. Someone will inevitably ask, Pastor, are you saying that the gift of faith becomes irrelevant if you follow Jesus out of the earthy and into the spiritual? Now I'm going to show you how your relationship changes as you move forward into the next positions of Jesus Christ.
and the work of advocacy takes over in the spiritual world as we move through this teaching. You're going to see that all of a sudden he becomes your advocate. And when he becomes your advocate, that is on a different level than what the gift of faith was used to apply grace for. I'll show you that as we move through this. Those who remain, however, attached to the world of earthy things will not operate in this righteousness type of faith model. So what happens when they get sick? Now we're staying in the earthy. What happens when they get sick? They have trouble. They fall into peril of some sort. What happens if the cares of this life seem to weigh upon their every move? What do they do if they remain in the earthy? Well, most of our churches reside exactly in one of these. Most of our church people reside in one or all of these circumstances. So you tell me, what are you doing? You say, well, I pray. Does it bring results? Or does time pass and you endure the hardship and you simply try to move forward? You'd say, well, I try to praise my way out of these situations. Well, has it worked? Or has time passed and you've simply had to endure? Sometimes sin has consequences and repercussions that will last a lifetime. You say, I try to read the Word. I try to find scriptures that are going to build my faith. What's the outcome? Did your faith ever weaken? Did you ever get frustrated with God? Did you ever argue with God? Did you ever say, I don't deserve this? And recount the things of which I have mentioned. Lord, I pray, I seek you, I read your word, I go to church, I try to help, I'm a good person. If you're honest, you've probably answered all of these questions in the affirmative. So why then has your faith not been able to apply grace to eclipse and eliminate the issues that are so deeply embedded in your life, in your family, in your community, in your society, and in your world. It's because your connection to faith is a connection to the workmanship of Jesus Christ that is developing your ability for you to be able to control your desires and your passions and your need for satisfaction. You've now come into the use of faith that will afford you an entrance into the throne room of God in order for you to find grace and mercy, to find help in time of need. Now, people tell you all the time, you can enter into the throne room of God, not a one of you know how, not a one of you do it, not a one of you go there. Why is that? If entrance is of such free accord, and you can pass in the spirit world freely by your faith mechanism of which you're working, why don't you go there? Why don't you find that grace and mercy to help in time of need? Well, the answer is you don't know how to get there. You don't know what faith to use to get there because you're still attempting to use a faith model that's earthy. Earthy things are never going to enter into the heavenly realm. Earthy things are never going to enter into the spiritual realm. And if you will understand that and you will work your way through the process of salvation, you will be able to step on the devil's neck from the foundation to his neck and you will be able to close him down. But, of course, we can't do that 
because all of our teaching tells us stay in the cross. I heard a great prominent preacher say, everything I got, I got through the cross. Well, that's not true. Unfortunately, that's not true because Jesus didn't stay on the cross. Jesus journeyed to the tomb. He journeyed to the region of the damned. He journeyed to the tabernacle made without hands. He walked into the throne room of God and was declared Lord. He is currently seated at the right hand of majesty where he has provided for us the Spirit of God to minister to us and to lead us and guide us with his own voice. We just refuse to see, hear, listen to, and be taught. Therefore, whenever we get sick, we don't have an answer. Whenever we have a problem, we don't have an answer. We call everybody we can call and have this great prayer line. For what? Only because we don't know what we're doing. When I get down to the part where I talk about what person's prayer is heard, maybe you'll get it. You've not come into the faith that will afford you the entrance into the throne room, my friend. Therefore, you're not finding the grace and the mercy required to help you in time of need. You're simply enduring. You're like my old football buddy Ron Crook used to say, you're tying a knot in the end of the rope and holding on for dear life. That's not necessary in this spiritual walk, my friend. That is not necessary to be knocked around and beat around by the devil at every hand. To be, to lack peace. To live in a condition where your peace world is up and down. That's, that's not the spiritual place. You say, well, why am I not able to enter in? I'm saved. Yes, you are. But your development has not come into the place where you know how, when, or why to use the God kind of faith. You know how to use the faith that saves you. And in reality, you use that all the time. Because you, someone told you, you know we all a, a sin and come short of the glory of God. And you say, yeah, that's me. So I sin and I pray. I sin and I use grace. I sin and I go back to the cross. Yeah, you've not come into the developmental place where you understood that Jesus said repeatedly in John 10, follow me. Huh. So, you can't come into the God kind of place. You can only come into the kind of place that's saving you. And the book of Hebrews said, because of that, you are crucifying Christ afresh. You do not know how to use the faith that transforms you and that manifests itself to you. Now, before you get mad and shut me down, I want you to consider this. If your faith that you are expressing in a response to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, operating on the level that those that have told you about faith and that use this scripture to begin faith teaching, if it had operated on that level, then I have some questions you need to answer. Why isn't your entire family saved? Why isn't your complete circle of influence saved? Why isn't everybody on your job saved? Huh? Why are you looking for a miracle so often? Why, why are you always in the, in the position where you need something from God? Why are you sick? Why are your finances in a constant mess? Why are you in a job you don't enjoy? 
Why is your body breaking down? Some would say, well, maybe my faith is just not strong enough. Well, that's what the faith teachers want to tell you. They want to tell you, your faith is just not strong enough. Send me a thousand dollars and God will certainly strengthen your faith. They live in mansions. They buy air bases. They live in houses so big that they don't even, aren't even able to go into the rooms. They have chandeliers that they brag about and motorcycles and cars and all that stuff. And yet your faith is not accomplishing for you anything that even resembles or comes close to what those guys are telling you it should. And you don't know why. But if the faith that they're trying to build Ephesians 2.8 faith was actually the faith of which you should be operating, well, then your faith should be doing something. Some would say, well, my faith just isn't strong enough. I just need to do more giving. I need to pray more. I need to attend church better. I need to, I need to, I need to, whatever I think I need to in my intellectual self to justify the fact that if I just did that, my faith would build. Now I want you to notice something. I want you to consider exactly what your faith has done for you. Think about this now. Your faith was so powerful when used correctly that it saved you. Your faith was so powerful that the rotten no good, low down, thieving, lying individual that you were. Your faith worked with grace to such an extent that God put truth to it and said, your faith and grace applied, I see it justly and you're saved. That don't sound like weak faith to me, friend brought you out of darkness and put you in the kingdom of his dear son. Like that's what your faith brought you. How powerful. How greatly you have managed and developed the measure of faith that God gave you as a gift. How dare they tell you your faith isn't big enough. How dare they tell you you ain't got enough faith to get out of God what it is you need to get out of God. My friend, it's not your faith. It's the model of faith of which you're using. <laughs> the gift of faith given to you to be saved, to die to the flesh, to deposit the old sin nature, to cross the bridge of grace, justified and led by truth, to cross over into the righteousness of God where the faith model completely changes. The, uh, the operation of God completely changes. But yet your faith has been great enough to lead you and to guide you to be saved and you know it. But it is not getting you out of this Christian life the things that the Bible says you can have and you can't figure out why. And I'm here to tell you why. Because you're operating off the wrong faith model. You're operating off a faith model that is earthly, that is connected to the earthy man, and that was created and developed and designed to save you. 
and to die your flesh and to deposit and die and be risen again with Christ and then go into the next place seeking those things which are above. How can you do it? You must be the righteousness of God. If you are the righteousness of God, then you can seek the place where Jesus is seated at the right hand of majesty. Your faith is not weak. How you are using and what faith you are using is what is not working for you. Well, my friend, I'm 32 minutes in. I'm not done, but I'm finished. God, minister your word to these great people. May we begin to identify the model of faith that will move us into the place where we can operate in the supernatural and in the Spirit of God. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now I'm going to show you this great faith. I'm going to show you the different model. I'm going to show you what Jesus taught us in in Mark 11. I'm going to show you as we go through this how we go from this being wrapped around the faith at the cross, and we move over into the advocacy of Jesus Christ. That's a completely different model, my friend. You can get there. You can go there. I'm telling you how. You no longer have to live as a beggar in this spiritual life. You can learn. You can learn Christ. You can learn Him as the high priest, you can learn him as Lord, and you can learn him as the man in the Godhead bodily. You stay with me. I'm going to tell you how to change your faith life and move into the spiritual realm where you will operate in the God kind of faith. May God bless you, my Facebook friends, until we have the chance to speak again. I've seen so many. I saw Joey on there and Betty and Bobby and uh, Charles. Uh, God bless every one of you. Pay attention. Jesus is Lord. God bless you, my friends. Jesus is Lord. Find him there and you'll find the privilege of the use of his name. Find him as the man in the Godhead bodily and he'll show you great and mighty things that are to come. God bless you until we speak again.